The following opinions and ideas are that of the host and or contributors to the Eat This podcast and are for the purposes of general information and entertainment only and do not necessarily reflect the thoughts and ideas of the distributor. Just like a mouthful of sunshine. I have learned so much from you. Fresh is always better. To me, I'm just like amazed. Great for everyone. I love your advice, by the way. Amazing. Eat This with Leanne Phillipson. When we think about being stressed out, somehow we picture someone with steam coming out of their ears and completely losing their cool, and that's like what springs to mind. Ah! Stress may not look like much, and I'm certainly guilty of not thinking what's going on in my life is stressful. Of late, I've had a ton of things going on, creating this new podcast. I've just launched my second book, Sprout Right Family Food. I launched a new website, SproutRight.com, to go along with the book. I've got a product line called Take This that's out. And on top of that, my daughters and I have just moved from a house to a condo. So yeah, I know stress too. And it has absolutely affected so many things, including my eating. I often wonder, have we moved the bar from where we're able to cope to so far into infinity that we end up in a place where we're ignoring the whispers of our body trying to tell you, or tell me, as it has been over the past few weeks, to pay attention. And when you don't hear those whispers, your body gets a bit louder and a bit louder until it screams Ah! because that's really the only time that we stop and listen. When it's screaming, some of the physical signs and effects that you might not put together are that it's actually lowering your immune response. You might have chronic muscle tension, stiff neck, stiff back, sore knees, all those kind of things, and increased blood pressure, which you wouldn't really know because you're not walking around with a blood pressure monitor on your arm all the time, but you might go to the doctor and your blood pressure is up. So you could get a headache, you could just feel off, you just don't have energy is normally the biggest one for having high blood pressure, but there are also people that just walk around with super high blood pressure and they seem to be coping. These problems can all eventually lead to serious life-threatening issues like heart attacks, kidney disease, and sometimes even cancer. Signs that you might understand a bit faster that, oh my god, I am actually under a lot of stress, are some sleepless nights. Maybe you're getting more regular headaches than you would. Maybe if you've got gut issues, irritable bowel syndrome is flipping back and forth from constipation to diarrhea. You might eat more because that's the way that you gravitate. When I get stressed, I don't eat. When some people get stressed, they don't just eat a cookie, they eat the whole box. Whoa! Awesome! <laughs> that's it from start to finish, and that's where they're looking for their comfort. Mine, My appetite just shuts right down. Also, uh, something that you may notice in the bedroom is that you totally lose your sex drive or your performance. That is when people sit up typically, and look at their stress levels. But any of these things can really show you that you're probably under more stress than you give it credit for. To help illustrate this, I thought about bringing on a friend of mine, actually. We first started working together 
probably about eight years ago when I formulated a meal plan for today's parent. She was an editor there. And I we worked very closely together, just on a professional level. And then after that experience together, then we ended up kind of forming a friendship and met up for coffee a few times. I was so surprised to hear what happened to her. And I really think that this is a story that you can relate to because she's just going about her day, living her life, being a mom, going to work. She's got a commute. She's taking the kids to hockey. She's just living a very similar life to even myself as a mother with juggling 10 things at the same time with kids. Mom! So I'll let her share her story and I, I look forward to hearing what you think about it. So welcome, Carrie, to the Eat This podcast. Um, this is such a unique story that I think is so important for listeners to understand. And thank you so much for coming on to talk to me about this. And I'm just going to jump right in and, and let you start because you 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 tell it so well. <laughs> thank you. And thanks for having me, Leanne. It's been a while that we've been face to face and this is wonderful. Yes. Um, yeah, my story is, is interesting because it kind of, it, it was a wake up call for me. Um, It was a huge wake-up call. Um, A little bit about what I've done is I've worked in the media for years. I've worked at certain magazines here in Toronto, like Today's Parent and a few others. And, you know, you get caught up and that's the whole thing. That's the basis of my story is you get caught up in the daily grind and being a mom of two boys and commuting into Toronto and everything. And, and, you know, I thought everything was going great. And then at age 39, I had a heart attack. Wow. And it literally knocked me off my feet. Um, um, it was a huge wake-up call because I didn't have any previous health issues. I mean, I'm a, I'm a I like to think a, a healthy woman and yes. um, healthy weight, and I'm a non-smoker, and um, you know, I I think that I do all the right things, or I did. I thought I did all the right things, and um, to top it all off, I was I've, I'm the former editor in chief of Oxygen Women's Fa- uh, Fitness Magazine. So for me, it was like really a slap in the face oh, having wow. known like a lot of these, you know, the fitness industry in particular, and knowing the content intimately and then I you know you I would have thought that I would have had a little more more insight into what the signs and symptoms would have been Mm -hmm. but the biggest problem was is that I ignored them and that was my biggest mistake and so now I'm on a mission to obviously um, inspire and you know as an advocate for heart health for women um, and healthy lifestyle and I do feel that what happened to me and I was very fortunate obviously that everything has turned out fine but I am very fortunate to be able to be given this platform to be able to share my story right and I think that's the biggest part about it is is kind of the evolution of where I've come from and where I'm going now in order to help people. Wow. So at take us up a little bit towards this happening. Where were you where you were working in Toronto? Yes. um, Yes. At the at the time and living. Where were you living? I was living in um, Milton, well Campbellville, Ontario on the escarpment and commuting into the city. And my commute daily was four hours. So two hours each way. Wow. And but which is normal for working in the city for a lot of people living in the GTA. I love my life. It wasn't anything that there was necessarily that was, you know, that I could pinpoint that was stressful, except that life in general was stressful. Um, I was the executive editor at Today's Parent at the time. I loved my role. I love working there. And um, a few months before it happened, I started noticing myself kind of slowing down a bit. And Mm. I remember running through Union Station to catch the train kind of thing. And I had to stop. I was out of breath. And I was like, this is really crazy because I work out. Yeah. Um, I go, you know, I run, I do yoga. Oh, yeah. What kind of exercise and diet did you have at, yeah, this, at and this time? 
You well, know? I thought I had a good diet. I mean, that, okay. that's the thing, though. I mean, I have fine-tuned it since then. But okay. at the time, you know, the only thing that I can kind of pinpoint is the fact that when you're commuting like that in long hours at the office, you do tend to pick up some bad habits. Too much caffeine. Okay. Um, that was something. I never drank coffee, funny enough, until I started commuting into the city. So <laughs> Really? It just became a habitual thing where you see people okay. picking up a coffee. It's just literally part of your day yeah. um, to keep you going. Right. Um, so that was one thing that I definitely have changed since then. Um, another thing is just grabbing on the go. Um, like food okay. on the go. So and from like Union Station, grab something on your way out, another coffee and exactly. like a muffin or what did that a look like? A muffin or um, yeah, like a muffin or a bagel and cream cheese. I mean, I would always kind of base my eating on what I was doing after work. So I have two oh. boys and at the time, you yeah. know, they were eight and, eight and three and okay. they had hockey and they had like their activities. So when I was running to Union to get on my commute, I yeah. knew I was going right to the hockey rink. Okay. So I wasn't going home. So right. I was, okay, I better have somebody to eat so that I can, you know, kind of mm-hmm. last the evening until we get home. And, and that's so, normal for so many parents. It is. is it, you walk in the door, you yeah. pe- pick up a bag, a child, and a bag of I don't know what, or yeah. there's something in the car, and then right yes. back out the door again. Yes. And that's the thing, because it's not even just what you're eating, it's also portion size, because you, you literally just buy what you can get, and then you don't even think about how big it is on a plate, or what size it is. You know, right. your portions are off. Um, your um, What you eat is off. My caffeine, mm-hmm. um, and I should have drank more water. I mean, these are things that in hindsight, I did realize at the time I was like, well, it's okay. I'll just grab this and go. I'm an active person. I'll burn it off. Right. Um, So a couple of months before, um, it was over Christmas, actually. I started um, basically having, um, I was, I had trouble uh, breathing for one, Mm. going up and down stairs, out of breath, like really out of breath. Like I just ran a marathon type of out of breath. Okay. And as women, we might think, oh, maybe how's my iron doing? Exactly. Or this could be that time of the month or whatever. Could right? be, there's a lot of reasons why Absolutely. you could be out of breath just by getting to the top of the stairs. Absolutely, right? Or if you, or if it was like I had a late night the night before, I thought, right. oh, well, I'm just tired. Right. So these are the type of things I started making excuses for myself, and that's the biggest thing that women do. Right. Men do as well, but I do feel that women do it more. Um, you know, you make excuses. Right. And then, you know, I thought, well, it's a little unusual, but, you know, maybe I could just hit the gym a few more times. I'll be fine. Yep. Well, we I went through Christmas, and at Christmas dinner with my family and everything like that, I had what I thought was a panic attack at the time, and um, it was basically anxiety. It, it came over me, and I think it was a compilation of just everything with the commute and work and then having family over for Christmas. But again, I passed it off, and I just said, you know what? It's holiday stress. It's right. normal. Of course. It's, I'll get an early night tonight. We all do this. It's a we bad time do. of year for this, and Absolutely. I've got, you know, you're, you're, you're spinning plates because yeah. there's so much going on. Yeah, and it's all good. Like, there was nothing, that, you know, that was I was upset about necessarily. It's just okay. really everything that kind of compiles. Um, And then two weeks after that, funny again, I was getting more headaches. I was starting the shortness of breath. I was like out of breath. I want to go to sleep all the time. But I had a business trip to Orlando for work for today's parent. And I was so excited. And I took my kids and we did the whole, because I did the travel section. It was amazing, right? But we... It was very jam-packed with everything we had to cover, okay. and understandably. Yep. And then I got back, and it was the next week where I was trying to catch up at work because I was away. Yes. It was a work trip. And then tend to the kids and all this type of thing. And I believe my I, yeah, my husband was away on business. So, that, again, that adds on. Right? You have sure. extra kind of, you don't have that person to lean on. And um, I was putting the kids to bed, and this is when it happened. I actually got a huge, and this is kind of what, 
really made me realize that I had to stop and think. Um, I got a huge pain in my right shoulder. Um, and I was putting not the kids the to left. bed. Not the left. And this is where it was like, hmm, it could be something, but it doesn't seem like the typical symptoms for okay. a heart attack. Um, however, it did stop me in my tracks. I had to sit down. I was out of breath. And then I started to get dizzy. And that's where I also made another mistake. I didn't go to the hospital. Okay. Because I thought, I have to get the kids to bed. Right? Mm-hmm. Like, mm-hmm. there's too many things to do. I, I can't, I don't have any time. I need to get the kids to bed and I have something, an article <laughs> due the next day. It's take you at day. least four hours as soon as you step into exactly. that into that hospital. Yeah. And if your husband's away too, yeah. then the yeah. navigating, somebody's got to come look after the kids so I yeah. can go. And oh, yeah. wow. Yeah. And especially in the evening when you're trying to get them yeah. settled in into bed. And they're bed. young, right? And right. Um, again, a 39 years old and healthy. And anyway, so I went to bed and everything. And it wasn't really until almost a week later that my mom was the one who said, look, you have to go to your doctor. And this is a big problem with women. Again, we put it off, put it off, think it'll get better, get better. Well, with me, it wasn't necessarily getting better. Sure, the symptoms, like I had aching on my heart side and everything, and my arm was aching still, but it was subsiding. It was starting to lessen, but it was still there. And so it wasn't like a one-off thing that I got like a kink in my neck or something. It wasn't. It was still lingering. And I finally went to my doctor. And then that's when she did, you know, the ECG, the echocardiogram, all these. And I failed the stress test on the treadmill. I failed really? it. Really? And I work out. Yeah. And the stress test is how long on the treadmill? It's about 10 minutes. And you're walking um, and or running? Or? You're, you're walking to running. Like okay. it kind of, it goes up and up and up. And again, it was weird because I was running, but I was getting more and more out of breath, which was very unusual. And it was all kind of coming to a head, really. Right. And this is what it was. So I was, so anyway, that. And then I was diagnosed with um, a congenial heart condition, which I never knew I had. Interesting. Uh, yes. And that's kind of what triggered it. And mm. then um, stress on top of it okay. says that that always kind of, you know, ads and um and it was just basically the fact that i wasn't really leading the lifestyle that i thought i was and i think that's another thing like when i say it was my wake-up call it really literally was i really had to sit back and reevaluate how i'm living my life Okay, so we're going to step away from stress for a moment and talk about something completely different. Uh, This is not your typical remedy and kind of really sounds a bit gross, but if you're a sufferer of cold sores, which a lot of people get when they're stressed, and maybe you're desperate for your cure, no need to go reach for that tube of medicated lip balm. Just smear a little earwax onto your sore. Yes, I just said earwax. Don't have enough to do your own job? No problem. You can use anyone's. Earwax is an effective lip balm. Myth Myth or miracle? Although it sounds like a completely unconventional and somewhat really gross idea, apparently this home remedy really works. And if you can believe it, there's scientific research that backs it up. Are you, uh, like, um, like, like, so sure? Earwax is known as surumen if you want the scientific term. Uh, Allegedly, it's actually the original lip balm, and it's known for relieving itching, burning, and even prevent wound formation. Kind of probably sounds like a bit of holistic crap, maybe? Is that what's going through your mind right now? Well, it totally makes sense when you look at and appreciate that the human body is... It's a designed masterpiece when it comes to protecting yourself. Your ear canal has surface cells that release earwax. It cleans your ear, lubricates, and protects the whole area from infection. 
Several studies have shown that the stuff has the ability to kill some really nasty bacteria, some of the worst, like E. coli, Staph aureus, and even the flu. Now, this is all great stuff for you to know if you're stranded, probably on a desert island, and need an impactful cure for the cold sore that's about to burst out onto your lip. Uh, But in the civilized world, there really are other remedies that are available that don't require sticking your finger in your best friend's ear. Ugh, fine. My normal recommendation for prevention to clients is to cut back on foods in your diet that are rich in an amino acid called arginine. So this this is found in most nuts, uh, most seeds, may, many, many grains, jello of all things, and chocolate. To counter that, there's another amino acid called lysine, and that blocks this arginine and prevents the virus from replicating because a cold sore is actually a virus. Uh, I've recommended lysine supplements for many clients just to keep everything at bay. And there's a lot of lysine creams that they're very inexpensive. They're natural alternatives to drug treatments and they work really well. But if you feel the need to stick your finger in your ear, apparently earwax works really well too. So it is not a myth. This is actually a miracle. Eat This with Leanne Philipson. Joining us on the podcast is Carrie, Carrie Lee Brown. She's an author, the founder and publisher of the website redlily.com, where she inspires other women with her story. You know, you get caught up and that's the whole thing. That's the basis of my story is you get caught up in the daily grind and being a mom of two boys and commuting into Toronto and everything. And, and you know, I thought everything was going great. Yep. And then at age 39, I had a heart attack. Wow. But I have definitely felt that my mission has been to spread the word about this. Heart yes. health awareness for women. Yes. Um, you know, eating right, healthy lifestyle, and really looking at your kind of mental health again, too, because even though we think, well, I was physically fit and I wasn't a smoker, which is all the attributes you think could lend to a heart attack, it's also the mental state of where you're at in your life. I feel like that kind of adds a lot of stress. Interesting that you're bringing in that that more mental cognitive side. Yeah, I did a lot of soul searching and it was okay. really interesting because when I experienced this, I was like, okay, I know the physical attributes exactly I can, I can take care of. Right. I had that procedure done, which really helped with my arrhythmia. Okay. Um, I can change my eating, absolutely. But what else is going on? Because... Okay. I've always been a relatively healthy person, and so there wasn't anything obvious there. So I had to look at my mental kind of um, awareness and what was going on inside. And when I when I really looked at that, and I think maybe this is the journalist in me and my research, yes. but I dug really deep, and I had to really become vulnerable with myself. Okay. And sharing my story became that avenue to be able to do that. Mm-hmm. So I started thinking about what kind of pressure we put on ourselves as women. And this is the mental aspect. It's the pressure we put on ourselves as women, whether you have a you know a, a busy career, whether you work out of the home, whether you just raise the, you raise the children. Either way, we put pressure on ourselves, mm-hmm. and that could just be you know not only from social circles or social media, and that it could also just be it's ingrained in us, yeah. you know, to to do everything, to be everything to everyone, to um, uh, you know juggle all the balls, to keep them all up in the air yes. all the time. Yes. And this became the premise of why I wrote my book because there was more to it than just the physical, and yes. and those are the things that not only I had to work on as a woman and as a, as a career person as well and mom. Um, but I knew other women and friends, colleagues that they didn't think of that either. 
culture. Mm -hmm. So, you know, we're always trying to, um, you know, look a certain way, act a certain way in certain roles and impress other people. But, you know, when do we take the time to really impress ourselves? And that would be with balance and with stability. And, you know, if we have to take a back, like a, a step down from something at work because, you know, we have other obligations at home, then we shouldn't be made to feel um, guilty by doing mm-hmm. that. And the whole mom guilt was something I examined as well. Mm-hmm. So these are all different things that I do. I touched on in my book because yes. I felt like, um, well, writing this book, it's called My Heart, Myself. Yes. And um, it was something that it was very therapeutic for me to write. I because it wasn't just, again, talking to women about heart health awareness and my experience. It was really a way for me to literally write down what I was going through. So I do have a lot of practical tips in there about self-care and about, and not just self-care, like, you know, go to the spa once in a while, because that is important. Absolutely. But more about, you know, think about where you want to go. Mm-hmm. Um, think about where you, what you literally are, are putting yourself through right now. Mm-hmm. Because the biggest thing I realized in going through this is that if I'm not healthy and if I'm not mentally and physically healthy, yes. I won't be there for my children. Yeah. That's my number one priority and my yeah. family. Even the, even the stress of, you know, trying to fit yoga classes in that's stressful (laughs) I mean like you're trying to do a good thing but if it doesn't come naturally and you're forcing something or trying to fit it in on your lunch because you have an hour and you have you know you have a a gym in your office building and you think okay I have an hour I I mean even the fact of doing that if it's if it's forced if it's if if you're you're rushing Mm -hmm. it's not like a self-care attribute it's stressful self-care yeah and so that's the those are the type of things I I was doing where Mm -hmm. it wasn't the right way to do it back to the food aspect of all of this that's obviously as a nutritionist that's what I'm what my kind of focus comes to but Mm -hmm. after something like this did you find that you made a lot of changes really quickly did you reassess what you were eating and drinking and yeah I think so many people are going to be able to understand the living that sort of life of we've got the house, we've got the kids, but I've got to commute to work. Mm -hmm. And that's not easy. My clients are always saying to me, how when am I going to fit in making all these great yeah. foods? And it's it's real life. Yeah, it yeah. is a real struggle and a real barrier for so mm. many people. And you can't just quit your job. I mean, you know, like the, yes. you know, you can't. Wouldn't it be nice? But you yeah, can. so you can so, cook all day. Yeah, <laughs> That's wouldn't not it be nice? Happen. Or hire hire a chef. I mean, it would be yeah. wonderful if you could. Which you know, I couldn't do. Yeah, win the lottery and um, then you're, there you yeah. go. Yes, I actually did seek the help of a naturopath okay. and a nutritionist. Great. Even if it was just once or twice, I wanted to. I felt like I needed to do something, and it was. It was beyond me. Okay. Um, so they helped me not just change everything at once. So to answer that question, Great. I felt like I needed to, but I they were really imagine. very sensible um, in about how to implement that because it had to be longer lasting, more lifestyle change. And so I started eating, and these were some of the things. I started um, obviously lessening my caffeine intake, which was very hard. <laughs> very hard. <laughs> it's not fun. It's not. And it's, I mean, you know, I still have a coffee, but I think I was probably just overdoing it because right. I'm commuting. I had to become aware of what I was putting in my body. Yes. And I think once I started really thinking about it mm-hmm. um, and why, yes. and now I had a legitimate reason because I didn't want that to happen to me again. Yeah. So I started eating a lot of foods too with antioxidants and a lot of you know okay. green leafy foods and, and any kind of veggie or anything that has bright colors and reds and orange and peppers and yep. because those are antioxidants, anti-inflammatory, um, anything to lessen my sodium intake, um, anything that I could. Yeah. I mean, I didn't become a complete, and that's the thing too, you still have to live life, um, but I think that everything in moderation, and I'm sure you talk about that I a do. lot, right? You can't like 
give up everything that's good. Become plant-based in a week is, no. uh, and give up coffee and all yeah. those kind of things is not... Yeah. And uh, how could that shock your system? If yeah, it, it not might. so good. Right. And not sustainable. That's the most important thing. Absolutely. When, you know, a life-changing moment like this yes. happens, it is whatever you do next yes. is most important because that's what's going to shape the future. Mm-hmm. So yes. making those changes really, you've talked about the key things, the mm-hmm. antioxidants, eating more fish, yeah. the anything that's anti-inflammatory. Anti-inflammatory, you tend to think, uh, oh, I've got sore knees or right. elbows or things like that, but I don't think people realize how much inflammation plays into heart disease. It is really the number one situation. You know, these are the these are the patterns yeah. that happen no matter what your lifestyle is, there is always some kind of pattern. Yes, and that was that's exactly it. I had to break those patterns because again there were certain things I couldn't break. I couldn't stop commuting at that time. I couldn't stop that uh, big part of my life, of my job. Um, and this is what I get a lot of questions from women too is like, well I just can't quit my job. I just can't, you know, um, not take the kids to their sports. It's a real yeah it's a real thing. It is and I mean that's and it seems normal. It's, it, it is normal. Like, that's the thing. It, it actually is normal nowadays for everyone. Yes. I mean, years ago, we didn't have as many drive throughs I mean, all the hockey rinks, all the different facilities now yes. have Starbucks, <laughs> that's you know. a whole other conversation. How right? many times have I been asked, how yeah. on earth do I navigate around the the, uh, the hockey rink? What can I choose that's here? There is nothing. And parents spend hours and hours and hours yep. all of these tournaments and point yeah. A to point B and then yeah. another round of something else. It's Absolutely. Absolutely. What are the top five things that you would, having lived this, suggest that uh, f- probably more food-wise, bring mm-hmm. it back to the food, mm-hmm. that you have changed, that you've stuck with, and there's no real negotiation around that? Right. Well, definitely one is um, uh, lessening my caffeine intake. Okay. Um, so how much coffee did you drink versus now? Like I would have had maybe two, three cups a day. Um, now I just do one. Okay. Just one. So I still have it. Mm-hmm. Um, I lessen the amount of cream in my coffee. I do have cream, but it's not like overboard and that's the other thing as well with dairy but um, that's number one caffeine number two is water intake for sure um, I try to have at least at least five bottles a day and I keep it on my desk I keep it at home I kind of have it everywhere I go now whereas before I would only drink it when I thought about it but mm-hmm. now I take my water bottle everywhere so it's, I'm always having to think about it I mean yes. those were two that I felt I could easily change some of the actual food stuff was different because okay. I wasn't used to some of it. like um, You mentioned green leafy vegetables. Green leafy vegetables, for sure. So, I mean, more salads. Um, I tried to lessen my sodium intake. I mean, less salt. I mean, you always hear about that with heart attacks. And, yeah. You know, on any food, right? I'm um, that kind of thing. And that's where the water helps flush that through. Another big change I did, too, was my grocery shopping. This is kind of an interesting thing. So, you know, usually as women, we would just jot down, oh, we need detergent or we need apples, like a couple things. And then you'll figure out the rest at the grocery store well what I started to do is do my my list and that's all I got so if it wasn't on the list I wasn't getting any extra that's so amazing which means that you had to think about what you really needed so um so when you're writing down a list it's interesting how many healthier things you would put down I mean you would never really put down chocolate chip cookies necessarily but if you're wandering the aisles and you see them you might grab them so I got to a point where I didn't do that I literally just went by my list and then I left 
And if I forgot something and it was a hell, if it was something I needed, then sure, I would put that on the list the next time. So that was something I changed my my shopping mm-hmm. trips. I found them more efficient. I felt even more cost effective because you're not grabbing a million things you don't need. So that kind of kept me in line as well. So fast forward mm-hmm. to now, mm-hmm. health is good, eating is good, mm-hmm. kids are good. Kids are good. Everything's good. It's really great. We've had some big changes over the last few years with our move to the States. Um, and then another thing that I'm working on. So I got a lot of really great response from my book and from sharing my story on some media outlets. And I thought, you know, I just feel like my heart attack and my wake up call happened for a reason. And not just to get me healthier, but to help other women, you know, um, help them realize that it can happen at any age and any life stage as well. I mean, yes. I was only 39. Um, so I started reaching out and I got the feedback I got from a lot of uh, women my age and, and kind of in their 40s and 50s and even a little younger was that the fact that I even shared my story was inspiring to them to begin with. I wanted to create a platform that would help other women share their stories. So now um, a new brand called Red Lily geared towards women and it's a digital platform where women can um, share their stories and it doesn't even necessarily have to be a health oriented story. I really want it to just be heartfelt content. So anything that women have gone through, struggled through, but come out on the other side and now have a purpose and see why they went through what they did. Um, those are the kind of stories I really want to give a voice to. The real women, my friends, my you know, my sister type of thing, they don't have these opportunities to get published. Mm. They don't have these opportunities to go on awesome podcasts like this. I mean, yes. they just don't have those opportunities. So I really wanted to create a platform where, you know what, if you have a story and everyone does, I want to share it. So the actual URL is redlilylife.com. It's it's basically a positivity portal. That's what Mm -hmm. I want it to be. Beautiful. What a beautiful thing. And as you you. said, giving a voice to others who may not have the opportunity to share in a larger way. Well, how else can listeners find you? You've got your book, My Heart, Myself. Yes, which is on Amazon under Carrie Lee Brown. Um, It's a short, it's it's, it's an easy read. That's the one thing. I didn't want it to be too cumbersome. And um, the other way they can get a hold of me is at Red Lily Life com now so I'm really excited about that and if they have if there's anyone out there that has a story or they feel like they might have a story and want to talk to me about it they can email me at editors at redlilylife.com social media I have my own on Instagram is at Carrie Lee Brown or at Red Lily Life and on Facebook I have my own as well as the the new brand as well which I'm Excellent. really excited to kind of expand um, and have some good plans in the future for it so I'm excited that's tremendous yes well, thank you thank you so much for sharing your story. Thank you. I know that there's going to be a lot of listeners that are also going to be inspired and can maybe put themselves in your shoes. Mm-hmm. And it might be a little bit of a, a wake-up call. And then the other thing, of course, is that I want to make sure that people do look at their symptoms seriously mm-hmm. and to get to the doctor yep. because that's what I didn't do and I think it's so important. Eat This with Leanne Philipson. this podcast is called Eat This. And the reason why I speak with you here is because of the correlation with food to health. And really so that you know what to eat more of, what to eat less of, so you can feel better. In the case of stress, let's say it is your high, your, you've got high blood pressure and that's the effect that you happen to see. Go and eat more avocados and bananas. They're really, really high in potassium and that can help that situation. 
When I say eat more avocado and banana, try eating a banana a day. One of my favorite snacks is just taking a banana and putting a dollop of peanut butter or almond butter on it. Love it, super fast. Or if you're on your way to work and you're eating a banana, just have some almonds or walnuts in your hand and gobble up on that. Avocados, people get freaked out about avocados because they're high in fat, but that's part of the point. Maybe add in an avocado, you know, two or three times a week and that's a good amount. If you're one of those people that are just go, go, go and you're living on adrenaline, which means you're kind of just in that edge of fight or flight all the time, eating more fatty fish, which is high in omega-3, you've probably heard of that before, that comes from sardines and tuna and salmon, that really helps to keep you calm, cool, and collected. Fish, at least eat your fish two times a week. If you can add in tuna to a sandwich or choose that as a wrap over chicken, do it. Do it! Just do it! Just see what you can do to get fish into into three, four times a week. Just do it! Another one of the body's stress hormones is called cortisol. The mineral magnesium is so, so important to help to balance that out. So if you can add in some Swiss chard, throw some spinach into your smoothie, have a spinach salad, basically anything that is a green leaf is going to give you lots and lots of magnesium. So in our bodies, we have cortisol and adrenaline, and they, like everything else, need to be in balance. When we have very high cortisol, we typically see more abdominal fat in people. So to get that cortisol down, we need magnesium by eating more green leafy vegetables. There was a lot of information shared on this episode, which I hope doesn't stress you out more. I really hope that this conversation can be continued because I think it's such an important one to have. Our bar has been set so high and how are you managing with that? How are you doing with all the stress that you have in your life? I'd I'd love to hear your story. Although you're listening to this podcast, let's make it a conversation. Hit me up on social media. Um, share your story on Leanne Phillipson on Facebook. You can put up a photo and share it on Instagram and tag me on that, tag Leanne Phillipson on that, um, or on Twitter, at SproutWrite. It's really, really important that you have a platform as well. You can check out carriesredlily.com. She's got a platform where she's also asking for stories. So you'll always find me around uh, on leannephillipson.com and lots and lots and lots of new ideas for you to Uh, try some new foods, new recipes in my new book called Sprout Right Family Food. Thanks so much for listening. My name's Leanne Phillipson. I'm a registered nutritionist. And remember to eat this one mouthful at a time. hard at it. Nothing is impossible. Yes, you can. Just do it.